I'm going to be honest with you. Doc might be in Canada, but my rates are cheaper. If you ever need to talk, give me a call. <laughs> <laughs> Doc will charge you an arm and a leg. I'm, no, I'm like Diet Coke. I'm a little more finger, reasonable. I'm just going to throw it out there. Yeah, as a mental health professional, probably not good to throw on your card. I'm like Diet Coke. The information presented on this podcast is of a general nature and is intended for educational and entertainment purposes. While many of the people here have some form of mental health training, they are not your mental health professional. This podcast is not a replacement for mental or physical care or for the diagnosis of any mental health illness or condition. So, hello, and thank you for joining us once again for the Guardians MH podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Dr. Goku. And with me tonight is my good friend, Joe. Hello. Nate. Here's. And Matt. Hi. If you're joining us for the first time, Guardians MH is a 501c3 nonprofit focused on promoting mental health awareness throughout the gaming community. We strive to be a first step in assisting individuals with gathering meaningful resources in a safe and inclusive atmosphere. Our podcast is just another way to normalize talking about mental health and is a fusion of mental health topics and gaming. So tonight, please welcome our guest, DJ. How are you doing, DJ? I am great. In fact, uh, I'm not quite a doctor, but I do have my master's degree in Vegeta. Ah, good enough. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. (laughs) This is going to be a fun show, like I was saying earlier. (laughs) Oh, yeah. This could be a good one, ladies and gentlemen. Buckle in. It took me a minute too. It like <laughs> caught me off guard. I'm like, master's degree in Vegeta. What's uh, what is that? Oh, uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so for the people that are just joining us and they may not know who you are, uh, tell us a little bit about who you are. Who the hell are you? Uh, yeah, to the people that don't know who I am, which is everybody. Uh, let's, lies. let's be real here. My own mother forgets who I am. <laughs> that's that's not sad that's dementia uh okay so <laughs> my name is dj i own and run the temple music academy i also play guitar in a death metal band called without mercy we sing love songs that's why we chose the name that we did and many people know me as the ginger tornado in which i started a moniker ginger approved because i wasn't narcissistic enough so i needed to put my face on the sticker going like this <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> Love it. Now I need to get one of these stickers. <laughs> I know a guy. You know a guy? Yeah. Which guy? I'm the guy. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. Um, and for me, when I first met you through your YouTube channel, through your reaction videos, and mm-hmm. like I was telling you through uh, email and just before we started, you're one of the reasons why I got back into some of the bands that I used to like, and particularly Nightwish. So what made you decide to make a YouTube reaction channel? Uh, I think my actual students here, I'm currently at the the music academy, like the physical location, and I just finished a teaching day. And, and like any other teaching day, some of the students were suggesting I I filmed these reaction videos because they would see me react here in in a lesson when they asked me to teach them Nightwish or some band I I was not super familiar with. So it just became a thing I did to pass some time during one of the pandemic shutdowns that we had. And it just kind of grew, which was, I mean, speaking of Nightwish, the Nightwish army was amazing to help my channel grow as well as Nightwish themselves shared my, my little tease. I put a video up called why I put a video up called why Nightwish sucks. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> and uh and you click they, on it and i'm like i'm just kidding they don't suck so here's a bunch of pictures of nightwish <laughs> gotcha clickbait <laughs> yeah it was it was pretty good 
and Nightwish themselves shared that one. So it was really funny. That's fantastic. That's awesome. I have been enjoying a lot of your reaction videos too. And you post some uh, stream ones too, uh, and some practices and everything. Now you're the head guitar instructor at the Academy correct uh and i did watch one of your one of your videos where you said i that you just kind of fell into becoming a a guitar instructor how did temple music academy come to be and how did you fall into being just kind of curious Uh, i'm i'm a firm believer in in life you require either inspiration or desperation and in my situation i had a crappy job like a nine to five selling tvs for uh, I don't want to name the company, so let's just call them Best Buy. And, <laughs> <laughs> and I was selling TVs, and I, I was was not super into it. And I actually got fired from my job for not, not selling Best up Buy. enough credit. Right? Yes, yes. From not Best Buy, it was uh, it was Future um, Shop. Uh, yeah, yeah. We'll call it Future Shop. It was, uh, it was a place with a Radio red Shack, logo. Circuit yeah, City, something like that. <laughs> yeah. And I came home and had to tell my then fiance because we weren't even married yet. We're getting married in six months. We're paying for our own wedding. I was the only one working. And the way they fire you is that they fire you on cutoff so that like that night you get your last check and then that's it, dude. Like you got nothing. Um, so I had to tell her, like, I don't know how we're going to pay rent, let alone how we're getting married. I don't know. You might as well just leave me at this point. Like what's the, what's the thing? And I remember she was having a nap and she woke up and she just looked at me in the face and she's like, well, Two things. One, your boss was a dick, so this is a good thing. And the second thing is you only held that job because you're trying to be in this death metal band. So you need to find a way to play guitar for a living because that's the universe telling you this is always going to happen until you do. So I just kind of started. I just took one student, lost them because I sucked. I got two students a month later. I lost both of them because I sucked. And through trial and tribulation, I just started cutting my teeth, getting a job anywhere I could teaching until I went to guitar school. and then. Yeah, I just started my own after sick of everybody else doing it wrong. Just like Cobra Kai, but guitars. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and like way less cool. <laughs> I don't know. I'll hey, t- check I'll this. Take, Here's a Cobra I'll take guitar Kai over karate, though. Hey, hey, Matt. Hey, Matt. Sweep the chord. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'll take guitars over karate any day. <laughs> to be honest Sweep with you. Sweep the cord. Sweep the cord. Joe's over here dying. I love it. <laughs> Nate's, Nate, Nate's just over there going, I gave up bingo for this. Yes. <laughs> One thing I really like in a lot of your reaction videos is you drop a lot of music knowledge in there. Because a lot of the reaction videos that you can see is just a person reacting to what's going on. So either it's someone that knows vocals or knows the, the gear that's there. I'm seeing yours more in terms of this music knowledge, this composition knowledge. Gotcha. So talk to me a little bit more about how you got interested in that that, that musicality. Well, it's interesting you say that because what's kind of cool is, and nobody knows this, this is going to be the first time that I admit this is uh is my reactions are like a horseshack test it's you see what you want to see out of it mm-hmm. like some people focus on me talking about uh the vocal harmony pattern or the chord progression or something and they they divest into that that i'm some piano player or that i'm a vocal instructor even though clearly says music teacher that's the rad thing about it is i express what i'm hearing and what's getting me jacked or what i don't like in the song or what i think was really cool and i make just general narratives trying to i mean at at my core i'm an educator so i want people to know why they like what they like if they're willing to hear me talk for six minutes which according to my google analytics they're not (laughs) (laughs) i call all shenanigans but that's a different story (laughs) shenanigans But yeah, I think it's cool to just share general, like, why do you like Nightwish? There's a certain chord progression that's just dope as hell that Nightwish keeps doing. It sounds rad. Marco's a beast. You know, Floor's awesome. We could get lost in semantics all day about what vocalist is the better vocalist. That's just the crap I don't don't subscribe to. 
Um, yeah. But that's the angle I'm taking on the reaction videos anyway. Because I, I was always bored about like watching these people go, cool, subscribe. <laughs> hey, this is my favorite song. Thanks Watch for watching. It. Don't forget to subscribe. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I like, so that reaction videos. <laughs> yeah. The reaction videos I love are like jazz drummers reacts to brutal death metal or something like like that's right. really sick. <laughs> Take and, somebody out of their element and give them something that maybe they've never even seen or have done before and they'll get, and get their the critique. Yeah. And, and there's a whole reason behind that. So me and my transitions into <laughs> the whole psychology aspect of it. There's a reason why we like to see someone react to something we like. So there are kind of two ways we can look at it. Someone you're watching someone react to something you've never seen, or you're watching someone react to something you have already seen and already love, and you want to see someone else's perspective on it. So one thing that's involved there are mirror neurons. So there's a whole big concept and debate revolving around mirror neurons. So it kind of started back in uh, the early 1990s where a group of researchers, quote unquote, found. So it's kind of came out of a, an error just happened where uh, they were having experiments with macaque monkeys. And they saw that the brain of the monkey lit up when they opened up a peanut the same way when they saw another monkey open up a peanut. So their brains just lit up the exact same way for them doing it and seeing someone else do it. And they quickly noticed this type of reaction. And we can't really do this on humans because one, we can't plug <laughs> electrodes on people's brains. Why? <laughs> Ethics. <laughs> oh, Silly. We're ethics. also not monkeys. Yeah. Oh. But okay. we're trying to see more and more about how this happens. And for for humans, we can only do like this three millimeter by three millimeter by three millimeter box in a, a fMRI scan. But that little three millimeter cubed is packed of millions of neurons. So we can figure out that general areas light up, but we can't just figure out which neurons. But we're looking at these mirror neurons uh, as a way for us to connect. So it helps us connect with empathy, brings us joy. Uh, there's also this tactile empathy that we can see with mirror neurons as well. So the sight of someone being touched um, uh, elicits the same reaction in what's called the somatosory uh, sensory cortex for people. So seeing someone get touched elicits that same feeling for us. Uh, that's why we like to, again, watch uh, either movies that are, have this romantic aspect so we feel connected or we see some people laugh. And even here with the reaction videos, it gives us a dopamine rush because we see someone react and we mirror their emotional reactions. Back before we had YouTube and Twitch, the way we would have the reaction videos is say, hey, friend, come over and play this game that I finished and loved, and you play it, or you watch me play it and see how you react. It was kind of the yeah, primitive Nintendo actually. Video. Nintendo talked about that a lot in their marketing campaigns when they were coming over. Um, they talked a lot about bringing that, like, your friends over to play. And then even with the PlayStation 4, I think, as far as I know, please correct me if I'm wrong, as console gaming goes, PlayStation 4 was the first one that had the share play feature, right? I think yes. so. You could yeah, virtually hand the thing, controller. Right. Yeah, their whole thing was trying to bring that back to your friends sitting with you on the couch playing. I got to be honest. In this day and age, I've used that feature a lot. Like, let's play Resident Evil together. Hey, you take a turn. I'll take a turn. And like, I use it a lot, dude. Yeah. Because playing multiplayer games, the one I can really think back to is uh, Super Smash. It's fun to play online, but it's better to play with everyone in the same room. Mm -hmm. Super Smash is the same thing Nate calls his Thursday nights, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I just, I, I'm sorry, Nate. 
<laughs> Joe Joe is dying right now. I think. I just mute everything. <laughs> I just um, uh, I feel I feel I do feel as a musician I do want to bring up that I do feel bad for Nate um, because he could never be friends with Dave Grohl because Dave Grohl fights foos. Right. So, oh, yes. <laughs> okay. It's okay. I stick around. I'll, I'll stick around. Sure. I, I hear Mr. T pities you. <laughs> but I, I, I think, too, that there's also this really positive sense of um, affirmation, too, right? When we find somebody on, you know, YouTube or even Twitch that likes the same thing that you do and is talking about it and critiquing it. Almost. And somebody somebody like yourself, DJ, being around in music, being a music teacher, you can critique. And the videos that I've watched, you're always very positive and very constructive at the same token. I was watching um, Voice Play when they did uh, Carry On My Wayward Son. Oh, yeah. And yeah. That was, that was a great video because the way that you not only brought it back to the original but you also brought it back to the way that they're doing it and enjoyed actually how they were doing it. But what I like I, going back to going back to what uh, doc was saying too, you're getting requests from people like that was suggested to you by somebody else. Right. Yeah. So again, That's, you get uh, that. I agree with you. Affirmation. I use the term validation too. Like I know yeah. I myself am guilty of like, uh, I am a, I am a huge fan of this metal band called Meshuggah. Yes. And I I love watching like jazz drummers react to what the drummer of Meshuggah is doing and just seeing them go, what the hell? How right. is he? And I'm like, yeah, right? Right? Yeah. It's Because uh, this is something that really, it bonds us. These mirror neurons help us recognize the emotion and it bonds us together because, hey, we're the same. We like the same thing. Right. And it builds this mm. shared connection. Yeah, it kind of um, not dissimilar to how I made friends in elementary school. Hey, do you have the same Pokemon cards I have? Let's <laughs> Exactly. It's that, it's, it's that so common it's, interest. And it's that, it, it's that almost like that hit of, well, it's you like the same thing I like you're talking about what I like and let's be friends. Let me follow you on YouTube. Let me get that Charizard. Right. That's now worth a ridiculous amount of money. <laughs> I think it's someone it's opened up one not too long ago. I think it was closing in on a hundred thousand, something some crazy amount. Ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It's a bunch of cardboard. I don't get it. I, right. I, I would have been able to pay off student loans plus some <laughs> if I still had that yeah. card. That I know I've never understood collectibles and I never will. Yeah, Supply I know. And like, demand. Yeah, that's really yeah. what it is. Hundred percent. But to, to switch yeah. gears on this, when it comes to music, what really got you into music? Um, I hate answering this question because it makes me sound somewhat pathetic, but. Uh, lies a, i doubt it it was a two-parter so just straight up music as a general concept um my mother was really worried about the transition from elementary school to high school because we didn't have a middle school where i grew up so she was worried about that and like the size of the school and the people and stuff but she found this feeder program that after school uh, in elementary school i could go three days a week to that high school and learn like trumpet or something so i i grabbed that just because, you know, it was something else to do after school. And I just did what my mom said to do. And uh, it kind of just became this thing I did. I wasn't into it for a long time. It just became this thing that I did. And then I'll never forget the day that I heard Pantera. Like, you guys talk about Nightwish. Pantera's my thing. And I don't know if I grasp the English language good enough to tell you that on what level I adore this band. Because I was watching live once, and that's when I clicked into the Matrix, dude. Like, I was like, this is music? Right. Like, I'm over, I'm over here practicing orally and crap. And, like, you know, <laughs> green sleeves if I'm feeling frisky. 
But like, does that dude just solo over his own solo? <laughs> it was, it was the coolest thing I had ever seen, dude. And like and, and that, without got, bringing it back to, it. to Nightwish, that video you did, I think it was "Song of Myself," if I remember correctly, mm-hmm. where you got that that hint of Pantera. Yeah, and it, and you just lit up. Yeah, you see it in my face, right? I'm like, oh, oh, (laughs) I know this. (laughs) Yeah, buddy got chops. Okay, okay. (laughs) What was it about? What was it about Pantera for you? What? Uh, okay. So there's there's a bunch of things, and I'm sure I'm sure Doc will uh, tell me the psychological things, but I'll use layman's terms because I'm ginger (laughs) and Canadian. So (laughs) the thing was, my dog sled. Well, no, okay. Uh, the <laughs> thing about Pantera, first of all, was like the permission, if that makes sense. Like for the first time, I was listening to music that validated how I was feeling, how what I was thinking about, and it was like it was okay to be aggressive and angry and upset in this moment. So it was like there was parameters to it. Yeah, and. I was at a school that like you liked Metallica or you liked, you know, Black Sabbath or it was one or the other. You couldn't really like both. And neither one was like honest to me. I know that word to be honest now as a guitarist myself. It just it wasn't honest. Master of Puppets is a dope ass record and a killer song and all that stuff, but it didn't hit me in my soul. But the first time I heard I, I know what song it was too. It was called Five Minutes Alone by Pantera. And everything oh, well. sounded bigger than everything else. Yep. The album was this dope blue cover of like a drill bit going into a skull's forehead. So the 14-year-old DJ was like, yeah, that's cool and violent. <laughs> and then Because a lot of people really oh, find music during their teens. That, that yes, moment yes, of soul searching, figuring out who you are. Mm-hmm, and yeah. a lot of teens find it in music. And I, I, is anybody in this in this chat here? Has anybody ever seen videos of like Pantera live at all? Oh yeah, I mean I have. Okay, absolutely. Oh yeah, but you're you're of course I knew you were cool when this thing started. Uh, but like, <laughs> I'm so uncool. Oh my god, uh, man, like, cool. There's a there's a certain. <laughs> I hate to use this word because it doesn't. Again, my grasp of the English language doesn't give it justice. But like. Watching Dime play guitar because I gravitated to guitar because of him. There was a swagger. There was a coolness factor that was yeah. like, there wasn't any sequence outfits. There was just like, there was just like 30 amps and one dude mm-hmm. in cargo shorts going like, ah, making weird faces the whole time. And when you <laughs> looked at his face, he was having the greatest day ever. Yeah. And then, I actually got the chance to meet him and tell him how much of a fan I was. And this dude, you looked like I just bought him a house. Like he was so thrilled after like 20 years of doing this. You still give a crap what I have to say. The dude was so genuine, so honest and absolutely loved what he did. And that was the first time that I saw validation that it was okay to like that kind of music and be happy doing it. It didn't mean you were some evil, bad person because you like to swear in your lyrics or something, mm-hmm. you know? And like, just the, that's like, even now here at my music academy, when you open the front door, the first thing you see is like an eight foot picture, a dime pointing at you. Like, <laughs> nice. That, that's fantastic. That's the dude, man. And in a yeah. town like this at the time, uh, we started as a heavy metal school, which we still primarily are. We called extreme music lessons or what I'm a very religious based town. So there's, there's more like, you can't swing a dead hooker without hitting a church in this town. That's the thing I always say. Uh, oh, believe me, I I've tried, I've tried, but uh, like <laughs> people eat it up and we're seeing this. With, <laughs> I can't believe I just said that. I, uh, <laughs> Uh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's stop. Let's get that laugh out. Let's give Joe an edit point. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm just, I'm just bringing down the quality of the interview here. Um, no, no, you're just killing Joe's soul. That's really what's happening. Right now. Oh, this is great. He went off. I love it. Because what's? Uh, with the oh, he cut us off. I love it. <laughs> Look, 
<laughs> he's muted and the camera's off he's done <laughs> oh i thought he meant he, did you cut us from twitch no no no, no. oh no, no. He's, he's i think he's rolling on the floor laughing because yeah, i could <laughs> oh, but uh like when we opened we we led with the metal stuff and like people come upstairs and we're uh, I'm talking to this like 65 year old uh, woman that just retired and her dream was to always play drums. So she wants to try. And I tell her about the drum program, give her free lessons, sign her up the whole time. Cattle decapitation is playing on our loudspeakers and just pure death and grindcore and all the absurdity. And she just goes, that's interesting. And I go, yeah, this is what I'm super into. That's why it's playing. I'm telling you what I'm legitimately into and I'm not ashamed of it because why the hell should I be? And I literally can dive that back to Pantera making this all amazing and cool and inspiring me to play and learn and study. And it's all because of dime, dude. Because mm-hmm. music is very subjective. Uh, what one person likes doesn't mean someone else will like, but it doesn't mean one form of music is better. Yeah. And, and this takes me into video game music where a lot of people don't see the composition and the work that goes into video game music as this type of art form. To to me, video game music is music. And like I was saying earlier, when I'm writing reports, I have like a four or 500 song playlist of video game music that I listen to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's actually a very interesting point. Cause like, and this is, this is a a generalization. I don't want to, I don't want to get too hung up on generalizations, but the thing about video game music is not is not dissimilar to uh, music or movie music scores in the sense mm-hmm. of a traditional song like Nightwish or Pantera, as we're talking about, has a vocal element to tell us the story, whereas the music of a video game has to typically write something to match or contrast the story that you're already seeing visually. Mm-hmm. This is insanely important. Uh, One of the best guys in the game to ever do it is anybody that works with like the traditional Nintendo people like Shigeru Miyamoto wrote some of the most iconic things. Like if I just, if I just like, this is what I mean by iconic. Like, I don't know. Can you guys hear this? Okay. Or should I maybe turn the amp amp, amp on or something? But no, it doesn't matter. But like, put the amp on. If I put the amp on, put the amp on, they say. The thing about music that's so amazing is it has to transcend every language on earth or otherwise you begin polarizing your audience. We don't get this. We don't get this benefit in a dialogue based story because I'll have to translate it to a language for somebody to hear. But the really, the really cool thing. There it is. There you go. The really cool thing is if I play a bunch of stuff, um, like if I go, what's a really good basic, uh, Okay, if I go like this. A little smoke on the water. Yeah. Most of us, most of us start to vocalize the riff that we heard. And if you have experience with it, you'll start to sing some of the words. So the association becomes to the melody, to the words to get me home. But, but if I do something like this, now then the, the question would be, what if you only speak German and you don't speak any English at right. all? Well, you're probably going to recognize the song, but vocalize some weird uh, bastardization of the language or something to, to make it up, right? But what if I do something like this? And I stop there. The majority of us can finish that yeah. melody in our head. Oh, yeah. And then we start associating some memory of like my big sister didn't let me use the controller. I always had to be Luigi. Damn, you remember that mushroom in that? And we have a whole dialogue that happens from this many notes. It, becomes it brings this entire that emotion. Thing. Absolutely. And then it brings <laughs> up the memories. Yeah. That's actually, that's actually a lot of fun. You can be like. <laughs> I wonder if I can still do it. Um, the coin sounds are like. <laughs> <laughs> and then like you hit a mushroom or something. <laughs> 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 you could be like. Uh, uh, I can't remember that one. Anyway, it's uh, it's really cool. And, and from a guitar perspective or a musician perspective, that entire thing you just did in your head 
was from this one chord. Right. It's just a C major chord, which we separate into an arpeggio, which is a fancy way of saying it's a it's a chord played one note at a time. But like the second, that means nothing to someone. You sit down and start going, "Ooh, look at me! I'm so impressive." And then you have to switch to my neck pickup because I'm a fraud. And I start doing like stuff because I didn't have any girlfriends in high school worth anything. And I was a lonely, skinny ginger kid with freckles. But the second I go, it has value to almost everybody in the room every <laughs> single time. I'm going to touch on nostalgia a little bit later. But one thing doing some of the research for this is the difference between a, a standard way of writing music where it be a song because it has a beginning and an end and it has this linear progression. And same thing for a music score where it's, you know what it's going to do. You know kind of the movie and where the scene's going so you can build through it. But with games uh, and kind of doing some of the research – it's completely different. It's, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. It's something called uh, indeterminate music where it's kind of left up to chance due to the nature of the game. Cause you never know when yeah, you're, you're, the player you're totally is wrong. going to do an action. You're totally wrong. Okay. <laughs> no, I no, You're t- no, you're absolutely not. I just wanted to say it and sound like a douchebag. Did it work? Did it work? Uh, no, no. Uh, you got, um, you- <laughs> Look at me. So one of the the first persons that I I, through the the things that I found was John Cage's uh, with Music of Changes from 1951, which is a composition completely governed by chance. And this is kind of the other thing. to hmm? Yes, I agree. And the one thing I do want to point out that's Hmm? really cool is there's a social element and, um, uh, I'm not sure what scientist would be better. Would it be an anthropologist who, who does social scientists? Social scientists. What would be an anthropology? The, yeah. kind of okay, there's a the culture. There's an entire decade-based set of rules of what was acceptable in traditional contemporary music at the time, <laughs> which is unreal when you figure that stuff out. Like stuff that was written in 1950s was considered to be idiotic by 1970 and borderline stupid in the 80s. Like, why would you ever do that? Do what we all laugh at. But one fact I really want to point out about like um, uh, uh, decade-based stuff that's really cool is, is anybody ever watched those old war movies like Band of Brothers and stuff like that? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. The, old. the thing that blows my mind about that is how one dude in another, and forgive me for not knowing the military terms, but like like another infantry over there, like this is 101st and that's 75th or whatever. Some guy over here starts going, and bet he was a crocker. And then everybody over here knows how to finish the song. We don't have that anymore. We literally do not possess like community-based songs that everybody just grew up with. We turned them into nursery rhymes and European cultures turned them into like for lack of a better term, like sea shanty stuff. We don't, as a Western culture people, have the ability to finish a song unless it's like uh, Uptown Funk gonna give it to you, Uptown <laughs> Funk or whatever. But And even that's going to be dead inside of a decade. That's No, that's, that's my favorite song. Because <laughs> it doesn't <laughs> transcend through the ages. Yes, and one scientist friend I have said that, and I'm, I'm going to horribly paraphrase what he had to say <laughs> about this, but uh, uh, he said something to do that shows how fast we're evolving as a society. It's like rapid fire now as opposed to decade. And before the decade, like 30s to 50s was a thing. And then 50 to 60 was huge. He cut the time in half. And then 60 to 66 or 65. And then 70s to the 80s. And now we're like 2021 feels a lot different than 2020 did. It's very interesting. And that is a whole musical element. But I, I'm nerding out mm-hmm. severely. I'm sorry. Oh, that, no, that's okay. It. It's it's great we're, we're here to, to talk about that. And one thing I was looking into is within games, they have, specifically with the score, they have just that. So you, you have the sound effects and you have the player input, but the score is to bring up an emotion but stay in the background. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And the, the way I was looking at it, uh, they had said uh, Aloric 
which is based on the performer and the difference between which is between each person. And then the composer is the composer, but then the player is the audience and the performer. Right. So the composer made the music, but the player is the one receiving it, but based on their actions is the one that is kind of moving the melody around dependent on if they go into a house or not, or if they switch towns or a loading screen. Right. It's that age old joke of when you get closer to like the boss level you, in your hit in your head, you start hearing the, why is there so much bass happening right now? What's going to happen? Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> it's, it's, to, it's that ramp up. And then you, you have like some amazing games like Skyrim had a fantastic soundtrack to it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Even legend of Zelda. Um, yeah. The, uh, Cause they play Breath around the with frequency. Yes. Because the lower the frequencies, it kind of elicits this sense of, oh, something's wrong, something's dangerous. Whereas the higher frequencies, it's something, oh, there's something that you need to be aware of, or I got a power up or something. Yeah, like you go into a magical cave, it's a more whimsical tune. But it, it really enhances the player's experience throughout their gameplay and everything. If you went through these boards and these areas and everything in these games and through this adventure and this journey without the music, you would have a much different experience than how the composer that added this music to this enhanced the player's experience tenfold versus if it was there. I mean, think of every boss fight when you get in there and all of a sudden, like Matt said, that deep bass hits. And then all of a sudden you got like through the fire and flames is playing and it's like, Oh, here we go. And it just pumps you up and it makes it more memorable. You know, there's another aspect there as well called the Mozart effect which is uh, enhances the spatial temporal reasoning and performance. Cause, and it's different than if you look at Mozart and the tr- traditional compositions and video game music, the traditional compositions helped uh, increase that alertness. But when you compare video game music, it releases dopamine and uh, just because it elicits that n- nostalgia, but it's made specifically to make you focus boss music is made for you to focus in that in that one task mm-hmm. which means if you use it at work because it's made to be in the background it tends to one heighten some of that awareness but also makes you more productive because you're that much more focused mm-hmm. interesting and within hmm. gaming they have this ability to try to build a world and then you have the, like the action sequences. Then you have the indications that something is going to happen just by music. Mm-hmm. And then you kind of recalling things. So they have to do everything within the confines of music. And for someone that's not really musically inclined, just baffles me. I think, I think a really cool way to also think about it is the anxiety we all get from Super Mario when you're running out of time and they just increase the speed with that one chime, oh. right? Da 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 and you just go crap. Yeah. Oh crap, yeah. Mm. Yeah, really interesting. I remember um, I had the privilege, and I'm going to call it privilege, of watching video games live. What a masterpiece that guy. Oh, they're, 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 yeah. oh they're, yeah, they're so good. Amazing. And um, uh, <laughs> watching the, the piano player do the Super Mario med- medley and the anxiety I felt because he did this funny thing, the piano player that he used here in Vancouver, he did this really funny thing where he kept getting ridiculously faster and faster and faster and faster. (laughs) And I remember sitting there feeling the anxiety of going, he's going to miss a note. He's going to miss a note. He's going to miss a note. (laughs) I remember. Because you feel the anxiety from it. It's so impressive, man. That's like my favorite composer has been Beethoven. I think I've said that on the channel before, (laughs) but that, that, Mm -hmm. that dude did that crap death. So I, I don't know. I, I don't I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what I'm ever gonna do with my life. I mean I, I don't well, know. <laughs> <laughs> it, it it but it, it's amazing whether it's video games or whether it's just movies or com just orchestral like composures, the amount of emotions that come out of music is just 
it's fascinating. It's amazing how, okay, I'm a huge Clapton fan. Yeah, Clapton's great, dude. So when I got to see him live, he played While My Guitar Gently Weeps. And uh, I know. The, he makes the guitar cry. And you hear yeah. it. Yeah. And it, 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 it invokes, like, it, it invokes sadness. Now, granted, I didn't pay five hundred dollars to to cry, but I was okay with it <laughs> because yeah, because it it just it brings out this just level of of emotion that's incredible. Yeah, you know, and, and that's yeah, that's what you experienced cannot be taken any at all lightly. It, it must not. As a musician, I'm I'm trying to tell you his effect on you is what we all strive for all the time. If we can make you feel something without actually knowing what the song is about, as I said earlier, we've transcended human language then. Yeah. Right. And Lauren, Lauren chat says Clapton always makes me think of that Simpsons episode with, you know, <laughs> that, how is he making this guitar talk? It's, it's <laughs> <You> amazing. <laughs> Was that you Clapton? Know, Wasn't that Peter Frampton? I was like, Frampton. Frampton, yeah. Fra- well, well Fra- Frampton comes well, alive. Well, Great well. album. Yeah, and, he, and he keeps he keeps stomping on the pig pedal thing. Yeah. It's not working. Oh man, why did I yeah. Billy but it, Billy Corgan smashing pumpkins? Homer Simpson <laughs> smiling politely. <laughs> but it, it, I I run. So when I when I unfortunately due to COVID I can't run groups anymore. But when I used to run groups, I primarily do substance abuse work, and oh, we shit. used to do. I used to run this great group, thirty people at most, where I would play a DJ, no pun intended, and they <laughs> would, they would I they would throw their song at me that they wanted to listen to and share it with the group, and being the the social worker that I am. I would ask like, okay, why that song? What does it make you feel? And it can go from really like basic, oh, this is my get up and get ready song. Or it can go to, this is the song that played when I got married. Or this is the song that my father used to play when we were driving in the car. And it invokes, again, that just deep emotional. And I used it more as a healing tool to sort of bring back better times and to be able to use the music to heal instead of, you know, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Um, <laughs> yeah, dude. Sorry, Joe. Um, <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> no, no words in there. But humans compared to any other species have that ability with music. We have this ability to tell a song and elicit emotion through these sounds. Yes. And that yes. wherever you are, whatever language you speak, like what you mentioned with Super Mario, it elicits that nostalgia for so many people. Yeah, it's universal. Whereas it is compared to like Clapton or is it Pantera or Nightwish or any other band. It's dependent on if a person has listened to it, but everyone knows Mario. And yeah, nostalgia. I think it was 19... 19- I think it was 1997 Mario became more recognizable in the world than Mickey Mouse. Yeah. That was, that's like a fact in some Guinness book of records somewhere that I was, I was like hid and memorized. Cause I think that's cool to tell people now as an adult. Cause I was reading, I think psychology of games. You had mentioned it to me, Joe, and they had mentioned that over time they use what's popular to market to the next generation mm-hmm. or, uh, and later on, we'll be using Mario, Sonic, or any other video game character to sell products to our generations when we get older. Because that's okay. what we grew up with. It, it brings books. up nobody's had a yeah. chance to read it yet. It brings up that nostalgia where it hits you with it boosts your mood. It helps raise your self esteem. It helps raise your optimism for the future. Mm-hmm. And I feel games can do that with just a couple of notes because they, the sound is designed to be so memorable. You know, I mean, nostalgia's got to be a powerful tool because 
I, I do some garage sale flipping on the side as a side hustle. Cause I think I'm cool, which is not cool. But, uh, <laughs> I remember like trying to be a hard ass and talking people down for Archie comics and crap, but I saw an Optimus prime and I was like, yeah, okay, whatever. How much? Like just a, a crappy Optimus prime with a broken arm. You know what I mean? Right. The guy's like, oh, I was thinking like, I was thinking like 50 bucks done. Don't care. I always right. wanted an Optimus Prime when I was eight. My parents said Santa would bring me one, and Santa never did bring me one. And when I was 10, they told me it was because I didn't do really good on that soccer team goal, and that's why I'll never have an Optimus Prime. And now I got my Optimus Prime. It's it's amazing. Man, I would have mailed I mean, you amazing. an Optimus Prime. I mean, I know. Well, I have one over there. <laughs> yeah. I, got, I got three star screams. Never got an Optimus Prime. Oh, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be honest with you. Doc might be in canada but my rates are cheaper if you ever need to talk give me a call <laughs> doc will charge you an arm and a leg i'm no i'm like diet coke i'm a little more figure, reasonable i'm just gonna throw it out there yeah as a mental health professional probably not good to throw on your card i'm like diet Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we make business cards when we make business cards for the next it's convention be the and there, i'm gonna right, put right. it when i make everybody's business like cards for the next convention <laughs> i'm gonna write down mitch business card is gonna look just like everybody else's except a really small font in the bottom corner <laughs> like diet coke it's gonna be on this card i can't wait i'm gonna write it down <laughs> I'm so excited. just the fact that I get a business card. I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> but when we talk about nostalgia, uh, we talked about video games live. I, I was lucky enough to to go see them twice. I have a signed poster over there uh, from the cast. It was in our city because we're rather small. They had three back-to-back shows that were sold out and you had to buy tickets like months in advance. And every show they do, it is sold out all the time just because it it there's songs that you've heard over and over and over again but there's this experience of just hearing them live and hearing them again covid notwithstanding in this collective of people that yeah where were you when you heard this or how what does this elicit for you right Absolutely. I mean, some of those songs when I saw it, that like even just the Codex sound from Metal Gear Solid, that's like my entire 1994. <laughs> and I had a whole thing for, I don't know anybody who's played the game here, yeah. but that whole, that's just that. I had it that's at it. my ringtone for a while. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. Dude, dude. I, I got to make friends with one of the voice actors and <gasps> I talk to him all the time. He's such sweetheart of a man. Hater. And uh, no, no, I didn't get the privilege. Uh, Colonel Campbell. Colonel Campbell. Okay. Oh. Uh, and when early in the days of my band and stuff, he was cutting promos for us like steak without mercy. Uh, it was just, it was oh, awesome. It wasn't cool. <laughs> but uh, like just those, that little brr, brr sound set me down. Like it's, 9 30 on a school night and i'm supposed to be in bed but the whole phone <laughs> rang and it was my uncle who called and said dj's good at video games and i'm stuck on a level i need him to help me and he drove the hour to my house to pick me up to drive me an hour back to his house and i got the day off school the next day because he told my parents it was really important and i just helped him beat liquid snake on top of metal gear rex <laughs> oh, that, is that sound awesome. elicits so much memory it's Unbelievable from that. And I went down this whole like 10 minute nostalgia kick. Unbelievable, dude. And that, but like, let's not discount. Like that game is a masterpiece. Oh, it is. Absolute masterpiece. Uh, I'll fight people that say otherwise at this point. <laughs> Nate, Nate, Nate. <laughs> what? He's, he's going to fight. When I saw them uh, <laughs> last time, I think it was 2000, 2018. It was 2018. Uh, they they came um, close to here, and they were touring with Jason Page, which is the original vocalist for the Pokemon theme song 
for the cartoon. Pokemon. Yeah. And he did this whole tour with it. And we weren't aware that he was going he was touring because it's kind of they were keeping it hush hush. And that song came up and you just heard the crowd just roar. And it just brought me right back to like 10. I was 10 years old watching Pokemon on Saturday mornings. But that's one of the reasons why, like, I love concerts just in general, be it if I'm going to the garden to see Clapton or I'm going to Starland Ballroom in Jersey to just be in the mosh pit as some random band is on stage. It's that connection to people. Everybody is in that room, big or small, for the exact same reason. They are there to see them, to hear the music, to see the band that they love. And it becomes more of this, like, you're not with strangers, you're with fans. You're with other people who right. care as much as you do, right? So yes. like, it, it's been yes. whether – I'll never forget. I went to go see – I don't know if anybody knows the band All That Remains – yeah. Yep. <laughs> Went to go see them in Jersey, Starland Ballroom. And the lead singer, Phil, took my camera at the time, which was this small, crappy red camera for whatever reason. Oh, the small, the early digital cameras. <laughs> yes. Yes. Grabs it out of my hand and just starts filming himself screaming into the microphone. I can't tell you how many people swarmed around me just to watch it after the concert because it was just <laughs> that iconic. And it was amazing. And he was, and I loved it. I wish I still had that video somewhere. I probably do. It's on a hard you drive don't? somewhere. It's it's <laughs> on a hard drive somewhere. <laughs> Super low quality. <laughs> oh my god! Because <laughs> I'm also getting bounced around in the mosh pit beyond belief. You know, someone kicked me in the head as they're crowd surfing. But again, I loved it. And people think I'm nuts when I say that I love mosh pits. And no, it, it is no, it is no. Yeah, it's it's human connection. No. Well, yeah, Again, I mean, it's those mirror neurons. <laughs> yes, you're seeing people feeling happy, so you feel happy as well. So you're going to all feeding off each other. Well, th- that and I, I would, uh, I would draw attention to uh, the haka dances of like New Zealand culture and mm-hmm. stuff. This is this is a very tribal thing, and and Western culture has the mosh pit. That's our tribal dance. I can't tell you how many things I've seen in a mosh pit of people just clotheslining each other and. Ooh. But they still pick you up and go. You're just gonna say, and then like you keep going. There's the respect. If you get knocked down, somebody is going to stop the pit, pick you up, look at you. You okay? And if you say yes, you're getting shoved right back in. Right. (laughs) Yeah. And like uh, on a personal note, I have a story of when my band was playing in a small Albertan town, and the promoter had said there wasn't enough money or whatever to, to pay the band or something like that. So we, I grabbed an empty because I'm an aggressive gentleman. I grabbed a, uh, no. I grabbed a, a beer pitcher that was empty, and I said on the mic, "We just found out we're not getting paid for this, so can we pass this around? And you guys just put whatever you can into it." Okay. And we just played our, we played our set, and uh, I gotta say, the, the first cool thing is they loaded that sucker full of money, like people just putting in whatever they could. And you see it like floating around and then it starts making its way back to us on stage. And I'm like, oh, snap. Good. Like, yeah, that'd be enough gas to get it. Like, sweet. And just as it's like arms reach, it falls and spills everywhere in the mosh pit. (laughs) All over the floor, it's over. And guess what happened? They stopped, split the mosh pit out and everybody grabbed the money and put it back in and then gave it back to us on the stage and went good. And then they started just like circle pitting and crowd surfing. <laughs> awesome. It is like, it is the respect of the mosh pit. It's yeah. It is not to be, well, I mean, as metalheads, we should, the cardinal rule is don't ever go in a Slayer mosh pit. Never, never do it. People break their bones in Slayer mosh pits. Um, Anthrax is like fun. Guys, going in Anthrax mosh pit, so much and, fun. Yeah, but that's because Scott Ian's a cool dude, man. <laughs> well, yeah, but it's still fun. <laughs> yeah, Pantera mosh pits were something. And uh, a few years ago, Down came back to Vancouver, and I got to see Phil in a stoner rock band. And for those that don't know, Phil Anselm was the singer of Pantera and the singer yeah. of Down. What's terrifying about Phil? is his commanding of the audience in the sense of most frontmans you see, uh, and Phil's from like uh, Louisiana, New Orleans or something. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
he's got this real down south like voice like mm-hmm. this um i'm phil and uh <laughs> that's actually a really good impression that was good actually. <laughs> but uh <laughs> when he you you think of a front man as like everybody got crazy oh, dude, i said i said move let's see you phil just stood there and was like move and then he just stood and then yeah. people started to lose their minds he's like i said i said move <laughs> you know it's so great it's, it's so cool uh, everything and even like we're telling these stories matt and me clearly we're the coolest people here matt but uh <laughs> like, <laughs> Manda, i'm still cool we're... no you're not god damn it <laughs> <laughs> there's uh, there's our intro <laughs> <laughs> so many good things so many good intros man. like three man. plus the animal crossing uh, yeah ride. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Dr. Goku with the Animal Crossing reference. There we go. That's yeah, bring two. it home. Two. Oh man. Oh <laughs> man. Love it. Well, yeah. Yeah, that's that's my talk on mosh pits anyway. <laughs> no, but again, I, I I guess to 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 spin it even into like <laughs> to, to, to mental health, it, it really is just again the mirror neurons. It's that it's that just large connection of being around the same group of people with the same interest, with the same, um, almost the, just the same passion that you have. All same right. And it's, it's, ex- yeah. And it's expressed <laughs> <laughs> same sharp elbow, whatever, you know, and it's expressed in movie, like even like punk rock uh, mosh pits too. Like they're all different. Punk rock mosh pits are more of, you know, you're just shoving. It's a circle pit. Whereas you go to a death metal show, like, you know, wear a cup. Fair, valid, yeah. (laughs) Because it's gonna get, it's gonna get hairy. I think my worst actual mosh pit that I was in was a mindless self indulgence. (gasps) Oh my god! We have to talk. (laughs) So look at the whiskey, whiskey a go go. I I don't think I've ever come out of a mosh pit more hurt. (laughs) And they are just. I don't know, like the only word that's coming to mind. They're a good band, but they're weird. Yes. <laughs> and that's not, I don't mean that in a bad way. But again, you want to talk about stage presence and you want to talk like just it, it's you, you go on stage and you're like, who are these people? And then they start playing and it's like, oh, okay, oh. I get it. I'm here. <laughs> I'm, I'm supposed to be here. Got it. <laughs> Oh, I saw them at Bamboozle. That like the the, the tour. Oh my god, so good. Is that, I could do is this that for a hours, Diet Coke. I see. <laughs> no, this is this is a lot stronger than oh, Diet okay. Coke, which is probably why I'm talking so much. So I apologize. <laughs> so one thing I really wanted to touch on because we're talking about video game music, and, and I know this is going to be a really tough question for everyone. What are everyone's favorite video game soundtracks? Legend of Zelda. Quake. Which wow. one? <laughs> I didn't even I did I didn't even hesitate. Wow. Uh easily go. Ocarina of Time. Ocarina of Time. A very good choice. It's on it's on the top of my list. Uh the 25th anniversary orchestral arrangement is just mwah. <laughs> yep. Yeah, mine mine all time is still Quake. And it was one of those I never thought a video game soundtrack would get me actually into a band. Fair. Yeah. Right. I didn't even think about that. Oh my God. Joe, go, go. Cause I can't, I, I... <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Tell you the truth. I could go all this, you know, nostalgic and everything like that. But, uh, I'm a big fan of the destiny franchise and music of the spheres. It's very <laughs> well composed and it's just, I love it. And it brings back, uh, that real feel of uh, experiencing destiny for the first time, like seven years ago and yeah. the Brings very that first wonder. vanilla. Yeah. And it, you could feel that discovery again and it's just very chilled to listen to. I swear to God, I'm not a hippie, but I, I listen to a lot of just chill music <laughs> a lot of the times and like, you guys are all talking about metal and everything. And I loved Metallica and battery was a great song. And, uh, but my first experience was like with Grateful Dead and like Rusted Root. And it's like, you know, it's like, I mean, I, I, I drove off the mountain today with the Yacht Rock going. So 
Toto? Toto, yeah. Chris, <laughs> Chris, Chris Cross, not the one that makes you jump, jump. Right, right, right. <laughs> a lot of toe the line. Toe the line. <laughs> so how about oh, you, Matt? What, what's I'm your favorite? Gonna, I'm going to have to go a series. I'm going to have to go Pokemon because the fact how it transitioned from literal 8-bit sounds on my Game Boy to even what it is now in Sword and Shield, I think it's just the evolution of all of it is amazing. I started playing like X and Y again, and I'm like, damn, this music is really good. <laughs> yep. Uh, for so, me, it's it's Mega yeah. Man X. Oh, good game too. Introduction right? of Zero, correct? Yep. Yeah, yes. he's up there. <laughs> <laughs> on, on the Somewhere. top over there. Tell you what, it, though, Final Fantasy VII had a really good soundtrack too, though. Did the, oh, jeez, like yeah. the original oh, the whole like, Final Fantasy the remake. Yeah. Oh my God, I, Final Fantasy VII remake. I say it's One Wing so Angel, good. and everyone knows the knows the tune. Yeah. Right now. yeah. I was uh, Ghost Host Lauren. We were talking in chat too. Even the MMO of Final Fantasy has fantastic yeah. music. Because we can all pick games and scores that elicit these memories. Because for me, Mega Man X has so many memories tied to that game. Um, or I could talk Mario, or I could Zelda, or Destiny, because God knows mm-hmm. how many hours we've played Destiny. It elicits all of those responses. And it's incredible to see how they like you mentioned matt they have evolved from these beeps and boops from the 8-bit and how they were so limited as to what they could do due to the size of the game to these orchestral arrangements now or complete 180s uh, if i think of mick gordon and doom so doom 2016 or doom eternal you oh, listen to to the too. Doom soundtrack, and you just you're you're just amped. <laughs> yep, it's so true though. And playing Doom, and I challenge people to try this: play Doom 2016 without the music, and then turn the music on, and it's two right. completely different games. Yeah, the, so the music better. the music pushes you forward. Same thing. Yeah, and within any game, the music to me isn't integral part of any game and, and uh, we, that's why i said quake because that was one of the first the first times like the music set the scene i could close my eyes and see the scene the graphics didn't matter yeah so and uh, the example i can give uh, this week we got the announcement that mass effect is getting that remaster and just hearing those sounds from Mass Effect again, just yep, I'm I'm sold. Already pre-ordered the game. Take my money. <laughs> Sweet. Guys, I'd hate to be that dude, but sadly I'm triple booked and I have to step out now. No. Oh. <laughs> no worries. You want to give no a uh let everybody yes. know where they can find uh find you on your socials and find more Plugs, about the please. academy. Yes, please. Uh, find me on any social with Temple Music Academy or Ginger Tornado, Instagram, YouTube, all that stuff. Facebook. Hey, come say hey to me on Facebook, guys. Um, it's always a pleasure talking my two greatest loves, which are video games and music, and I don't want to leave. I promise <laughs> I really don't. Plus, Matt is awesome. He's basically going to Facebook friend request me right now, which I understand <laughs> is pretty dope. Uh, Nate. Hey, I don't Nate, have Facebook. I'm, I'm Do you have Twitter? <laughs> I'm, I'm good, bro. Don't worry about it. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna fight. I'm gonna fight some foods. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining. It, it was Thanks, a pleasure DJ. having you on, and I'm sure we're going to be in touch, and we're going to have some some more chats for sure. Yes, absolutely. All, all four of you, all four of you guys are rad humans. I, I really hope we stay in touch. Straight up. Right on. I'll make that happen. All right, guys. In the in the immortal words of my channel, watch it go. thank you dj oh it was so good oh so many edits (laughs) (laughs) sorry sorry lauren we didn't we didn't get your uh your pedal question in sorry did not have a way to work that in so and but that pretty much wraps us up for the show tonight Mm -hmm. yes yes it does 
So, so how about you walk us through those plugs, Matt? <laughs> that's that's my spiel. Okay. So <laughs> thank you everybody for listening to the Guardians Mental Health Podcast. If you can, please leave us a review on iTunes, Podbean, or wherever you listen to your podcast. It really does help spread the podcast to others, puts us good in the algorithm, and it really just allows other people to find us. Um Keep up to date with everything we are doing at guardiansmh.org and follow us on Twitter at guardiansmh. Feel free to join our Discord's our partner Discord server, discord.gg/guardiansmh. We provide peer support, um, mental health resources, and we're just a really cool community. Come say hi. Uh, if you're able to, please feel free to donate to uh, Guardians MH, our nonprofit, at tiltify.com/guardiansmh. If you'd like to help us fund our mental health kit initiative, please help us out there at patreon.com slash GMH mental health kits or our coffee at coffee.com slash guardians MH. Also, I'm proud of you, Matt. Thank you. I did that for you, Nate. (laughs) If you want some ridiculously fire and comfortable merch, what are the kids saying? It's like lit fire flames, whatever it is. (laughs) Go through the the fire and flames, through the fire. If you want some through the fire, fire and flames merch, don't go to our website, but if you want some guardians MH merch, (laughs) Go to bonfire.com slash store slash guardians MH. I think, I think that's it. Am I missing something? I, I think that's all. I think, I think, I think, did I, I think I did good. You did good, Matt. <laughs> I did, did. I did good. I did real good. <laughs> oh, it's one of those, it's one of those podcasts where Joe's going to have is. to do 30,000 edits. And Joe, Joe is still red. Joe is still red from laughing so hysterical. hard. Hysterical. So hard. And <laughs> that was great. Swing. I could just imagine Joe just rolling I, on the floor. But in reality, I could have sat there for hours and just started rambling about the concerts and music that I've gone to. Like this was oh, yeah. this was a great episode for me, guys. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> like this was great. Doc, thank you so much. Hey, no problem. <laughs> but, so for the uh, people that joined us, thank you so much. And yes, thank you we'll all. See you again. Uh, I think we're pretty much booked the entire month of February, so there's more coming. Heck yeah. Can't get rid of us that easily. Good night, everyone.